Romans 12, 9 through 18. So here's what I would like to do. I would like to just read this together. And when I'm done, I just want to spend 30 seconds of silence just contemplating what this verse might be saying to us. Um, So I don't know if I have the same version, but you know how that goes sometimes. (laughs) So just follow along with me the best you can. So here it is, Romans 12, 9 through 18. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share the Lord's people, share with the Lord's people who are in need and practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. So we're currently in a series called Slow. And just so you know, we're going to be doing things just a little, uh, little different today. I'm going to talk for maybe 10 or 15 minutes here, and then I'm going to bring a couple of people up to talk about something that our church is doing. So we're currently in this series called Slow, and we are following along with some of the ideas from a book called Slow Church. And we're working to put some of these ideas into practice or at least to inspire our congregation to think a little differently about community and how to be a Christian uh, who thinks intentionally about the ways that we interact with others. So one general idea from the book is that we should strive uh, to be committed to the reconciliation of all things because that's what we believe God is trying to do. And we're also working off an understanding that God is inviting us into this work with him. Today, specifically, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about what it's like to live with this intentionality amongst those that we live around, work around, worship with, and that it's generally a good idea to be committed to the people and the places where we live, uh, worship, and spend most of our time. So there's a lot of verses that talk about these general ideas, and there are multiple stories um, in the Bible about why we should be helping others. You know, and this is something that Jesus talks about quite frequently, and he's consistent in his messaging when he's setting and giving us this command to live and serve among the sick, poor, and the needy. I just happen to think that the best example is one that most of us are familiar with, and that's the parable of the Good Samaritan. So this is something that we've touched on a few times um, over the course of the last year or so. Um, And I don't want to make the assumption that everybody does know what this is. I think a lot of us do. But 
If you want to switch over to uh, it's Luke chapter 10, starting in verse 25, we're just going to read that together. So it says this, On one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Always a good idea. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What is written in the law? Jesus replied. How do you read it? He answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind. And love your neighbor as yourself. You have answered correctly, Jesus replied. Do this and you will live. But he wanted to justify himself. So he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? In reply, Jesus said this. A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road, and when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. He intentionally went around him. So too, a Levite, when he came to the place, passed by, uh, he saw him, and he passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, someone that they didn't get along with, or that they looked down upon, as he traveled, uh, came where the man was and saw, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day he took out two denarii, money, and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? The expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. Jesus told him, go and do likewise. Now a lot of us know this story. And it's not the first time that we've heard this. Not the second time that we've heard this. I was thinking this week about how when I reread stories that I believe I'm familiar with, sometimes the Lord will unlock something else that I hadn't thought of previously. And that can happen just within my own study or my own reading or, you know, whatever the Holy Spirit decides to work through me on that particular day. Um, this week, though, I happen to be doing some research for a project that I'm working on at City Gospel Mission, which is uh, where I work during the week. And I was searching on how to be a good neighbor, and one of the videos that came up was uh, the, the sermon from Martin Luther King Jr. Uh, that everybody is familiar with, I've Been to the Mountaintop. And he talks about this and he goes on to, to talk about it in a way that we're really familiar. He talks about that road from Jerusalem to Jericho and how treacherous it might have been. And there's like a thousand foot drop. I've never been there, but I was talking to some of my coworkers and they saw the road just a couple of months ago. And there's this drop of a thousand feet within the first um, short portion of the road. And there's these caves and these places to hide behind and it would have been a place where it's prone for people to walk through and be robbed and and he goes on and he's talking about these things and and then he he starts to focus on the priest and the levite and he 
he talks about maybe like some modern day excuses that they might have been thinking as they were passing this Samaritan person on the road. And he wonders if they were busy, if they were on their way to temple, if they didn't want to get their hands dirty, if they, for whatever reason it was, they made the decision not to help a person who clearly needed help as they passed around him on the other side. But Dr. King's words stuck out to me. And what he says specifically is this. He's talking about the Samaritan man. He says, finally, a man of another race came by, got down off his beast, and decided not to be compassionate by proxy. He helped the man in need. Jesus ended up saying, this was the good man. This was the great man. And that, that small line, he decided not to be compassionate by proxy. It was heavy, man. Like it sat on my shoulders like a ton of bricks. Because I never heard it described like that before. And it convicted me because I wondered how many times I had done that myself. I did it that day. (laughs) And it reiterated the point for me or the idea that it's not good enough to help people while keeping them at arm's length. Jesus wants us to get our hands dirty. He wants us to get off the sidelines and participate. He wants us to join with the Lord and the reconciliation of his people. It's not good enough to be a social media pundit. It's not good enough to be a comment section media critic. It's not good enough to do only these things. It's not radical just to take a position on anything anymore. It's only radical if we act upon it. And it just got me thinking. (laughs) So that being said, (laughs) I think there are good ways to do these things. I think there are good ways for us to partner with the Lord. And uh, luckily for all of us, uh, my understanding of how to do these things comes from people who are way smarter than I am. (laughs) And uh, for that, I am grateful. And you should be too. So... One thing that I think is really important is for us to have good community partnerships. I think when we have good community partnerships, when we have fidelity to the people who are around us, where we live, work, worship, play, whatever, I think that those things can have huge or pay huge kingdom dividends. And I think when we open ourselves up to the unknown, we take some calculated risks, and we put our faith in the Lord, good things can happen. Um, riffing on that same thing, Dr. King goes on to say this when he's thinking about the differences between the thoughts of the priest and the Levite and the thoughts of the Samaritan. He says this, maybe contemplating what they might be thinking, the priest and the Levite. He says, if I stop to help this man, what will happen to me? Thinking about the robberies and the treacherous road and and these sort of things. But then, 
the good Samaritan came by and he reversed the question and he said, if I do not stop to help this man, what will happen to him? He's a wise man. It blows me away. So, first thing is this. I think as I have gotten to know some of you guys and spend time with you guys, I actually think we do a pretty good job of thinking this way and acting in a lot of these ways. And that is encouraging to me because it lets me know that as a church body, this is something that we are committed to. Um, Secondly, it's something that I'm passionate about, is connecting with our community or spending long periods of time in a place or uh, wherever that might be. You might remember back at Christmas time when I sat down here and I asked us to like draw a little picture and to, to list where you live, um, where you work, where you spend time in like a, another place, maybe like a coffee shop or that kind of thing. And then I asked you to be praying about those things as we ventured into 2019. And, and it's fun for me to connect that here now. So um, you also might recall in December uh, that we teamed up with the Walnut Hills Faith Alliance and Douglas Elementary to give gifts to seven families who were in need. It was a lot of fun uh, being there. I had the opportunity to be there to assist the, the handing out of these packages. And I wrote about it in our, our uh, email blast just a few weeks ago. But um, while I was there, I got to talking to Susan, who excuse me, was the person at Douglas Elementary School who was in charge of this project. And we were just talking about like how we might be able to be involved, our church and these kind of things. And then I saw this poster in the hallway and it said, Vision 2020, Contemplative Arts and Sciences uh, Initiative. And so I asked Susan, I was like, hey, what is this? Um, do I have a video? Is it working? All right, so I have a video on that, which is more eloquently than I'm going to be able. It'll, it'll, let's just watch the video. That's what I'm trying to say. While I was there, I got to wondering, I, and I asked Susan, I was like, wow, is there any way that we could be part of this? And she was like, yeah, what do you got? And I was like, well, I work at this place called City Gospel Mission, and they do this thing called Princess's Ballet. And then I got to thinking, like, well, we have this core value of creativity <laughs> at our church. And, like, it just, in my mind, it was like, this is a perfect fit. It didn't just fit that one thing. It fit all five things that we strive to do at this church. So um, I got to talking to her about Princess's Ballet, which is this program for kids in K through 8 at Douglas. We're doing it in kid, for kids K through 3. And I said, we do this, and they look for church partners, community partners, and then they partner with City Gospel Mission. What do you think? And she was like, we need this. <laughs> I went, okay, well, let's see what can happen. And so um, what I would like to do now is I'm going to invite two people up here who are part of this and who are leading ECHO in this initiative, and that is Kendra and Shante. So go ahead and introduce yourself and okay. tell people who you are. Okay. Um, I'm Kendra Dunahue. Um, I'm the children's director here at Echo, and um, that's pretty much it for right now. <laughs> Hi, um, I'm Shantae Mert. Um, I am a member here and doing the Princess's Ballet. Cool. So, uh, Kendra is, why don't you just tell people what you're doing with Princess's Ballet? Sure. 
So I am the coordinator for Princesses Ballet. So my job is kind of to um, facilitate communications between like the church and parents and the school um, and just juggle those things. Communications is basically what I'm doing and then helping with the classes. So her, you're, really what you're doing is you are providing to be the link between us, the parents, and the kids and to hopefully build those relationships therein. Yes, correct. Cool. And then Shantae. Um, I am the choreographer, dance instructor for the girls, um, and just getting them pumped for their performances. And how much ballet experience do you have, Shantae? Zero. <laughs> Zero. Absolutely none. But you have some dance experience. Yeah, I have dance experience, show choir, dance, but... Zero ballet, which is a lot so. Our, our initial plan was to have Kendra as our instructor, but then she was talking to Shantae and found out that she had some interest in this. And Kendra actually has eight years of ballet. Is that about right? Yeah. And so, but anyway, like it worked out. Okay, cool. So we had our first uh, Princesses Ballet this past Tuesday. How'd that go? It went really well. The girls are very little and they're very excited, so they're very talkative. They really want to talk to each other. Um, but they think they did a really good job. They've got a very short amount of time to get their routine done. They only have a total of five, five rehearsals before their first performance. And none of these kids have done ballet before. None of them. They're kindergartners through third graders, no dance experience. They have yeah. a performance in... In Eight March weeks? 2nd, yeah. yeah. March 2nd, yeah, okay. Yeah, so it's not, really not, soon. Yeah, jeez. <laughs> okay, uh, great. So, and then um, how many kids were there? Uh, how did you guys interact with them? That kind of thing. Um, I think there's 18 kids total, I think. Yeah. Almost all of them were there. Yeah. Um, yeah, we... When we started, we um, got all the girls on the floor and we all scooted in close together and um, we talked about, you know, the rules and what their expectations are and what's coming up and um, just try to get them excited about having this community experience with girls they probably haven't met before because um, they're not all in the same classes or anything like that, different age groups, and um, getting them excited about dance and something new for them to learn and be passionate about. Yeah. And Kendra, what were your first impressions of Tuesday? Um, it was just a lot of fun. Like, it was a really, uh, like, honestly, we going into it, we weren't sure what to expect, what behaviors would be like, but all the girls were very receptive. They were all, I mean, they were elementary school girls, so they were, like, all very excited, and, like, we had to keep kind of reining it back in, like, okay, like, eyes on us, like, pay attention. <laughs> but they were... Um, just very sweet, and we're just really excited to build relationships with them and for them to get to know each other better. Um, I just think it's going to be a lot of fun. So talk about that a little bit, because we have these 18 girls and then our team of three. Brooklyn is part of this also. She's a kid wrangler, which is a lot of fun. <laughs> yes. um, but they're not just going to be it part of their community, they're going to get some opportunity to do some other things and talk about that a little bit. Yes. So on March, uh, March 2nd, we have um, a dance clinic. And so the girls get to come together with some other sites of Princesses Ballet. Um, and they are going to get to 
perform their routines for each other. So it'll be kind of like a little dress rehearsal. Um, and they'll even be doing um, a grand finale at their recital. Um, so at the dance clinic, they get to learn um, a few bars of a grand finale. So they, they're going to be building relationships with kids at other schools um, in other neighborhoods. But also, um, there's a chance for them to do workshops in the summer. Um, and they even bring in like some professional ballerinas for that. Um, and they get to partner with like the director of Princess's Ballet in the summer if they want to do that. So there's just, it's um, the program, uh, there is a, an emphasis on quality dance instruction. Mm -hmm. So like it's not just, I don't know, sometimes when you hear like, oh, like there's this like free program, like you wonder about like the quality of the program itself and it's um, very well developed and they, they know what they're doing and their goal is their end goal is like, let's create um, good dancers. Like let's focus on good dance and build relationships through that. But we do want to teach them how to dance well and what that looks like and provide those opportunities for them to meet with even professionals. So I think that's really cool. Yeah, it is. Um, so this thing kind of came together really fast. Like we talked about it, I think we had our first meeting in December, is that right? Mm -hmm. uh, any thoughts on that? I mean, it just, it, it kind of came out of nowhere. And, mm -hmm. and the, just the, I remember like sitting in that first meeting, you and I were kind of like, this is kind of overwhelming. Um, and we had to, we had to like, you know, talk about it and get, you know, mm -hmm. get on the same page. There's been, um, I would say, especially for our first rehearsal, there was a good deal of um, flexibility and improv <laughs> on my and Shantae's part. Um, going in, so... We actually didn't even know how many kids we were going to have until we showed up. We thought there Tuesday. might be four or five kids. Because like showed permission up. Yeah. slips went out. I had kind of tried to touch base with the school and be like, hey, like how many kids are we expecting? I didn't really hear very much back. And so I was like, oh, well, maybe they're just, I don't know, maybe there won't be too many for the first rehearsal. Who knows? And we showed up in the cafeteria and there were just there was just like this like uh, At first it looked like we were gonna children. Yeah. And they were like running around the tables and stuff. And like Shantae got there before any of us did. And we walked in and we were like, are these all of our kids? She's like, yep. It was They're cool. They're all here. Yeah. yeah. It was exciting. Yeah. Cool. Um, I, we're excited about this. I hope you can hear that from the way we're talking about it up here. Um, it's a year-long program. Uh, there are opportunities for the kids to go to dance clinics over the summer. There's going to be a week-long thing that they're going to do. It's going to be it's going to be really exciting. Um, this is just one of those things uh, that we're going to partner with our community and, and hopefully get some traction and, and start to build long-lasting relationships and really practice that fidelity within our community. So we're excited about it. Um, if people have questions, like first, two questions. If people want to participate, can they? And how can we pray for you guys? Okay. Um, so I'll go ahead and start and tell you how you can help. So um, two things that come to my mind first. March 2nd, um, we, need, we might need help transporting some of the girls um, to the dance clinic at, I believe that's at Life Spring, correct? Yes. Mm -hmm. All right, everyone, I'm like looking at them like that's where it is, right? Yes. It's I know Life where Spring, that is Christian because Church. that's where I was yes. before, yeah. <laughs> um, so it's about a 20-minute drive from Walnut Hills to um, North College Hill, right? Okay. Mm -hmm. It's about that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so in the morning, um, we might need some help transporting some of them. Um, and that's something I can kind of coordinate and um, talk to the parents and see who might need help with that. 
Um, on April 6th, the girls will be part of the, um, the recital for Princess's Ballet. If anybody wants to put that on their calendars and just come watch that performance, that would mean the world to those girls. Just to have a big audience will be great for them. Where is that? Um, and I believe that is at CCU. Okay. But that's another thing. I can double check and we can send out an email. Great. Um, yeah, I think it's at um, Cincinnati Christian in Price Hill. And do, 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 do. The last, ooh, two more things. Um, so the families are encouraged to invest in um, the outfits for the girls. So they ask $30 for um, the practice outfits, and then we kind of work with the parents to see what they can afford um, for the recital attire. Um, so that, that is like on the parents to try to find help for that and to raise that money just so they have investment in the program. Um, but if push comes to shove and there's a family that just really can't uh, make ends meet to get the money for that. Um, that's something we might come to you guys and be like, hey, like, does anybody have an extra $10 or whatever it is just to help um, these girls get their outfits? Um, and yeah, we have the three of us are um, involved regularly on Tuesday afternoons, which seems to be working fine for now. If we start to get more girls, we might need more volunteers. Um, and that's just, you just do a background check through City Gospel Missions website. Um, that's really all you need. You don't need to know anything about dance to help with this program. Um, yeah, I think that's it. And then did you want to start as far as like things people could pray for? Yeah. How can we pray for you? Yeah. Um, so I think it'd be really helpful just for, um, me and Kendra and Brooklyn to have just support in this, um, knowing the right things to say, the right ways to teach these girls, um, best ways to interact with them and help them understand. Um, and just for the girls to really see the opportunity that they have uh, to know how great it is and how lucky they are to have such a wonderful opportunity come right to their school because um, it's really something really special and they're going to really love it. So helping, just praying for them to have open minds, open hearts. Um, it's not something we can go in and just like talk about Jesus and talk about the Bible or anything like that. We're at a school, obviously. So any way that he can come in and be in the space without us having to say it, any way that he can fill their hearts and be with us as well without us having to say, Jesus loves you. <laughs> cool. Um, so that's that. I'm going to pray for us, and, uh, and that'll be that. We'll go on on our Sunday. So let's pray. Father God, thank you so much uh, for this team who is uh, partnering with Douglas and Princess's Ballet, and thank you for this neighborhood. And just the, the commitment that these three have to uh, figure this out and uh, to follow, follow in your footsteps and, and to do something positive for our, our community. Uh, Lord, we're excited about it, and we know that you're in the middle of it. Jesus, we love you, and we lift all these things up in his name. Amen.